This ad-free podcast is part of your Slate Plus membership. Lucky you. Welcome to this episode of Big Mood, Little Mood. I am your host, Danny M. Lavery, and the show is for you, our Plus subscribers. Our guest this week is R.O. Kwan, a nationally best-selling author of The Incendiaries and the co-editor of Kink. And here we are, reading a letter from a listener. All right, well, then I feel sufficiently refreshed uh, and reminded of of our own strange relationships to time that I think I can tackle another question. If you're up for it, uh, I'll have you read it. Yeah, of course. Um, So this one is titled My Chest Hurts. My partner, he, him, and I, she, they, of 8.5 years are taking a break to explore things outside of their relationship. I initiated this because he was only the second person I had ever been sexually active with. Our sexual relationship has always been strained and honestly sparkless. I thought it was all on me and I started to identify as asexual. I truly thought I couldn't experience sexual attraction toward anyone but remained curious. Now that I'm connecting with other people, I realized I am not asexual. This is jarring to me and I still have so much more to learn but we still have check-ins and he definitely wants to have sex with me. This is difficult because I do not share the same feelings. Is there a way to share this information with him without crushing him? We have been completely open during this entire journey, but I've really struggled to share this information with him or anyone else for that matter. I have such good news for you, letter writer. No, the answer to your question is absolutely not. That's the only way. Crush him. You got to do it. I'm really sorry. It's not fun. And you sound like a thoughtful person. But let's consider your alternatives. You can pretend that you don't want to have sex with anybody and never have sex with anybody else that you're interested in again, just to spare this guy's feelings. I don't think that sounds very fun. Um, You can try to psych yourself up to have sex with someone you don't want to, which I really don't recommend. It's miserable. Uh, Or you could invent some, you know, wacky excuse for, I actually would love to have sex with you, but I've been struck down by a strange ailment where if I do have sex with you, I'll die. Um, Again, don't recommend it. And those are your other only other options that I can think of. So you just, you know, hurt his feelings because your other options are deranged. They are not good. They are not sustainable. They're not even possible, really. You cannot spend the rest of your life trying not to be honest with somebody about the fact that you, especially when you've already mostly broken up. I get why, you know, you've been pulling off this Band-Aid real slowly for a long time and you clearly care about each other. But my gosh, um, you're most of the way there. It's not going to be as bad as you think. And he will be better able to recover from the crushing um, the cleaner and faster it is. So you don't have to go into detail with him about like new revelations that you've had about your sexuality if you don't want to. Um, you certainly don't need to say anything like, here's exactly how sparkless I feel around you. Like, don't give him any parting details that are going to rattle around in his head for a while. But at your next check-in, say, 
this is hard for me to say because I really care about you, but I don't want to get back together. I know you want to have sex again. I don't want to have sex and I don't want to be in a relationship anymore. And I'm sorry if that's painful, but that's what I want and I need to be honest. Yeah. Yeah, Danny, I think you're I think you're you're spot on. Um I'm, I'm Oh you don't not you to. didn't want to give a shout out for fake and uh unreasonable ailment? Because I would do that. <laughs> I in sixth grade pretended to have sprained my ankle standing in front of a uh kindergarten music class because they sent me down there during my band practice to make me teach them how to play snare drum. And I hadn't Damn. practiced the song and I was so nervous. I just stood there and I said, ow, my ankle. Like Marsha <laughs> says, oh, my nose on the Brady Bunch. But like nothing had happened. I wasn't playing a sport. I wasn't moving. Even the five-year-olds were like, this doesn't seem plausible. And I was like, I have to go to the nurse right now. So I get it. I, I, I would be tempted to make serious me up. ailment. Um, it, it, yeah, that 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 seems like a hard one. Um, you know, I have a music dodging story from childhood too. Um, in high school, when I for years I'd wanted to stop playing piano. Um, I was very serious about the piano as a child. Was considering going to conservatory, etc. And then I realized I hated it. Um, and for years I was trying to get out of piano lessons. And my mother just like did not quite believe me that I would end up being glad to have quit. Um, and so I decided to convince her by, um, in biology class, we were given dry ice for an experiment. Um, and I just put it on my hand. Like I burned my, <laughs> that's another time I burned something. Actually, I just put it on my own hand because that way I knew I would skip piano lessons that day. And I was like, I'm going to convince you one way or another that piano lessons are no longer for me. Anyway. <laughs> so... First of all, that's incredible. And I admire you deeply. Second of all, not the same thing in the least. Mine was invented. You actually <laughs> burned yourself to get out of piano lessons. And um, I sure hope that that story makes it into uh, future editions of Kink. Because that also seems like a brilliant discovery. I'm just like, oh, I can, I can use this to get what I want. Fantastic. <laughs> It was a minor burn. It was a minor burn. It was like a, it was, it was, it was like a <laughs> surface level burn. Listen, when I went to Christian college, there was an elite group of kids who would smoke cigarettes on the corner outside of Trinity Hall because you couldn't smoke on campus. And if you wanted to smoke cigarettes with them, you had to put a cigarette out on your own wrist. And I thought that was the coolest thing I'd ever heard of in my life. And I did it four times in a row. And they kept, they kept saying, why are you doing it again? This is weird. And I was like, because you need to know. I'm like, you need to know what? And I was like, I don't know. Just look. Look at what I can do. Um, oh, man. I really cannot believe I wasted four years of my life going to Christian college in suburban Los Angeles. I'm, um, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I, you know, I got some neat wrist scars out of it. Um <laughs> So sorry, I want to get back to our letter writers. <laughs> so back to yes, yes, yes. Um, don't don't fake a mysterious ailment. Don't fake a mysterious condition. Um, you know, I I just also like I want to commend you, letter writer, for um for the openness and clarity that you've had with your partner throughout this process. Um, I can only imagine how hard this has been. Eight point five years is no joke. Um, you have a long history with this person who you clearly care about very much. Um, one thought that comes to mind because I know it's it's just so hard to contemplate hurting someone you care about so much and have cared about so long. Um, one part, one thought that comes to mind is you mentioned that your sexual relationship has been strained. Um, it's been sparkless and your partner knows this. And surely there will be also, well, I don't want to say surely, um, 
there might also be real um, healing and solace for your partner in having this relationship end, in having this relationship end in which in which you don't have a satisfying sex life. Um, I've been reading about the importance of delight in our lives as kids. Um, for children's brains to, to develop fully, um, they really need someone in their lives to not just care about them, not just like give them food and house them and whatever. They need someone who's delighted who's delighted by them. Um, and if, and that can be a parent, it can be um, any kind of other caregiver, it can be a teacher, but it's really important to our psyches that we have delight. Um, and I think that that really carries over into adulthood too, like the, the absolute importance of having people in your life who are close to you, who delight in you, um, who, who just like, who like love, who like, you know, who love your body, who love your, who love your voice, who love your jokes, who think you're just like one of like the greatest things to have happened to this earth. Um, and, and I want that delight for you and for your partner too. I want that delight physically for you and your partner. And I think it is possible for both of you very much. Um, and it may just be that it's not, that it's not possible for you with each other. Yeah. And, you know, I also want to leave some room for another interpretation of this relationship. I don't think there's enough here for me to like say really definitively. And I do appreciate that this letter writer really cares about their ex or soon to be ex. But, you know, letter writer, you say that you're um, that you've been remaining curious about your sexual attraction towards other people. And I would I would encourage you to also turn that curiosity onto this relationship, because I'm just curious, like if your partner knew for eight and a half years that you had a strained and largely sparkless sex life, are there ways that maybe you wish that your partner had handled that differently? Mm. Uh, As you reflect back, do you wonder now? boy, why did he keep pushing for that? Or like, maybe you feel like, did he not exhibit enough curiosity in your relationship to sex or in your comfort or in your pleasure or in your autonomy? I don't want, again, I don't want to read too much between the lines because maybe you kept some of that sparklessness to yourself. Maybe strained just means I notice a disparity between his desires and mine. But it certainly, I think, at least invites the possibility of, I spent eight and a half years with somebody who was like, maybe fine with having sex with me when I was clearly not into it. And again, not that you have to think of your soon-to-be ex as a bad person or a jerk. It's just, you know, I, I just turn that curiosity onto that and maybe just ask some questions about like, maybe what was I thinking or feeling at the time that led me to think it's either like good or appropriate or acceptable to have a really, really bad sex life with a partner and that if there's a problem to be found, I should find it in myself. I should blame myself. Not, not I, I want to be careful about this because I really don't want to encourage the letter writer to like blame themselves for this, you know, potentially fraught relationship. But I just think like, it's clear to me that you care about your ex. It's clear to me that you want them to feel happy. And I'm just curious, like, has there been a lot of that in this relationship? Has there been a lot of implicitly or explicitly thinking it's kind of my job to make sure my partner is happy. And then Mm. if I have time and energy left over, I can look at me. And that might not even have come from your partner. Like all this might be true and your, your ex might've been a genuinely like nice person, but it's also possible that maybe they were kind of pushy or maybe they weren't nice at all. And so I want you to feel free to consider that from a bit of a remove after you've broken up and to think, how will I continue to carry this curiosity into future relationships and prioritize, you know, that voice in my head that says, I don't feel a spark or I don't like this. Um, 
because I think it's going to be so important for you, letter writer, to really put yourself first. And I don't mean in that sense, like, you don't owe anybody anything. Everyone who wants anything from you can fuck off and die. I really don't. I just mean, like, you should be your own best advocate because you're the only person who knows what's going on inside of your head. And the most you can hope for from a partner is for them to, you know, listen to, respect, and sometimes anticipate your needs and desires. But they'll never know your needs and desires as well as you can. Um, and they'll never, um, you know, they'll also have themselves to advocate for. So it, it's really consistent with loving reciprocity and openness and and care um, to to know yourself well, to cherish your needs and desires, to strongly prioritize them. Um, and that's not at all incompatible with still being like caring and loving towards your future partners. Um, but I, while I don't want to encourage you to think of these last eight and a half years as wasted time or your ex is a bad person, I do really hope that you don't ever end up in a relationship where you look back and say, for eight and a half years, I've had an awful sex life with them. Um, I want you to grow in understanding of yourself and your desires. Does that seem a little too harsh? Does that seem uh, like maybe kick that can further down the road, have the breakup first and then worry about it? No, Danny, um, I think what you're saying sounds sounds really right. And I wonder, letter writer, if um I'm I'm honestly feeling as as hard as this is and as hard as as I imagine this will be for perhaps a long while, um, I'm honestly feeling a little bit excited for you that this might be a time when I mean you're already doing this. Um this might be a time when you're when you're learning more about how to how to listen to your body um, and what it's telling you because I think that's something that I'm constantly learning um, is that my body seems to know things when 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 my conscious brain doesn't and very often when I'm confused about something lately um, I actually just like ask my body like hey body like how do we feel about this thing and my body almost always has this like incredibly clear answer for me um, that that I don't that I'm not necessarily in the habit of listening for. Um, and, and, um, you know, you note that your partner's pronouns are he, him, and yours are she, they, um, there are of course a lot of really fucked up scripts about, about who gets to listen to their bodies and who doesn't, um, who gets to prioritize other people's needs and physical needs and who doesn't. Um, and, and yeah, um, I'm, I'm sure or not sure. I imagine that those scripts may have played a role in these past eight and a half years for you. Yeah. You know, I mean, like part of me also is just sort of curious, like how old were you when you got together? Mm. How many other people had your partner been with before this relationship? There's a possible reading here where your partner, you know, if if I'm looking on the sort of more negative end of the scale, possibly took advantage of your relative youth and inexperience to sort of uh, push past concerns, questions, and just go for like, no, women are supposed to like, say, I get, like that's, I, at that point, I'm going to stop myself because I think I'm projecting too much. I don't have the information in the letter to go there, but just, yeah, ask yourself that question. And if you, the answer to that is like demonstrably no, you can safely say, yeah, Danny raised an issue that was not present here. But, you know, there's more here than just, I was dumb and wrong about asexuality. Mm. Um boy, did I fuck up on that one. I feel a little guilty. And now even worse than that, I'm going to hurt somebody by breaking up with them. Like there's a lot of kind of like self-recrimination um, in this letter. And, you know, I've said variations on this before, but, you know, 
you had the information that you had at the time. You were trying to think about your relationship to your body, to someone else's body, to sex. Um, and, you know, you you found a framework that worked for you for a little while. And now you're moving on. You're doing something else. That's good. That's allowed. Um, and I just really want you to feel enormous freedom. And for that freedom to begin, you got to break up with your ex. You're most of the way there. It will be sad. It will hurt his feelings. He will survive. And it would be better than if you pretended to want to have sex with him for the rest of your life because those are really your only two options. There's no way that you can, like, you know, I think the script that I gave you was relatively straightforward and kind. There's no, like, give yourself the gift of, like, there's no way you can say this that's going to be so great that he's going to say, oh, thanks for letting me know. I feel better (laughs) about myself. It will be sad and hard. But it's the kind of sad and hard that happens to people all the time. People break up all the time. And there are scripts for getting through it. People do get through it. He will get through it. None of your other options are bearable. Do the bearable thing. And um, share this information with some people. When you feel ready in your own time, doesn't have to be everybody. You don't have to go to a coffee shop tomorrow and stand up and say, I thought I was asexual, but it turns out I just never wanted to fuck my boyfriend. Um, you you don't have to go around oversharing, but um, you know, take a friend into your confidence and share that. You might find that you learned something or you might find that you want to have sex with your friend. Maybe both. I don't know. <laughs> All kinds of possibilities out there outside of this, outside of this strained relationship. Thank you for joining us on Big Mood, Little Mood with me, Danny Lavery. Our producer is Phil Circus, who also composed our theme music. Don't miss an episode of the show. Head to slate.com slash mood to sign up to subscribe or hit the subscribe button on whatever platform you're using right now. Thanks. Also, if you can, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. We'd love to know what you think. If you want more Big Mood, Little Mood, you should join Slate Plus, Slate's membership program. Members get an extra episode of Big Mood, Little Mood every Friday, and you'll get to hear more advice and conversations with the guest. And as a Slate Plus member, you'll also be supporting the show. Go to slate.com forward slash mood plus to sign up. It's just $1 for your first month. If you'd like me to read your letter on the show, maybe you need a little advice, maybe some big advice, head to slate.com slash mood to find our Big Mood, Little Mood listener question form, or find a link in the description on the platform you're using right now. Thanks for listening.